Welcome to the Coast Life Church Podcast. We exist to lead people to the abundant life in Christ. For a great way to stay connected throughout the week, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Come on, can we lift up some praise to Jesus in the room all across the auditorium? Come on, let's give Jesus all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. Father, we are so thankful for your presence. That we pray that our heart cry is more of you, Jesus, less of us. We pray more of your presence, more of your grace, more of your goodness, more of your word taking ground in our life. And we pray our heart cry is that we're hopeless without you, that we're desperate for you. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, one more time. Give God a great praise in the room. It's so good. So good to see you. Hey, before you're seated, before you're seated, before you're seated, would you help me welcome all of our first-time guests and say a great big welcome to everybody watching online. So glad that you're with us. You guys be seated. So thankful that you're with us. And this weekend, we are concluding a collection called Rafa, the God who heals. And I want to share just a, a final message on healing. And we've been talking about God as our healer, because in a world this broken, we need to be a church that is proclaiming a message of health and healing in Jesus. And I just want to remind you, like, I, I know there, there, we, we, we don't lack resources and, and medical help. We don't, we don't lack access, most of us, to healthcare. And I just want to remind you in all of the things and all the resources that we have available to us, let's just remember some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we're going to trust in the name of the Lord, our God. Like our trust is built. Our faith is built on Jesus. That Jesus is able to heal everyone of everything from everywhere. Come on, there's nothing outside of the jurisdiction of Jesus Christ. That there is nothing that is hopeless. There's no place that God can't reach you. And I want to I want to preach this weekend from James chapter 5. If you have a Bible, James chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. And James says this: He says, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. What are we praying for? We're praying God's going to raise you up. He's going to restore. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. I want to preach this weekend. We did, uh, does God care when I'm sick? We did last weekend, does God care when I'm depressed? And this weekend, I want to just unpack this question. Can I trust the church when I get sick? And I just want to say at the beginning, I believe in the church. I believe, I believe the church is a place where God does his work. I believe this is a house of salvation. I believe that this is a house of redemption. I believe that this is a house of restoration. I believe that this is a house of deliverance. I believe that this is a house of freedom. And I believe that this is a house of healing, that there is healing that is in God's house. I believe that healing is a part of being a part of the house 
of God. And James' instructions were for those that, that found themselves with a, with a sickness. His instructions that if you get sick, he said, you, you need to call for church leadership and you need to ask for prayer. And the practice of, of church leadership, and we, we just did it in, in this service just a few moments ago, the practice of church leadership was to anoint with oil and pray, I love this phrase, pray the prayer of faith. So it's not just a prayer, it's a prayer of faith. And it's believing that as we pray, that whatever it is that is uh, holding you down, whatever it is, whatever the sickness it is that is bringing your life down, that God would raise you up and restore you to health. And at every local church that, that is anywhere in the world is commissioned by God to lay hands on the sick and pray for people to receive recovery. It's, it's, every church is commissioned to do this. And I, I love what one scholar said, writing about James chapter five. He said, you have the opportunity to go to a doctor, but you have a commandment to go to the church. <laughs> and that's, I wish I would have thought of that one before he did. You, you can go, you should go to a doctor, by the way, go, go see, you have that opportunity to go see a doctor, but scripturally we're commanded to go to the church and, and don't forget about the church. Like we, we, we tend to go towards doctors and certainly take it serious, go, go figure out your options, all, all of that great stuff. But don't forget about, don't forget about the house of God. Don't forget about the people of God. It's so how I place my faith in, in my recovery. It's how I place my recovery in God's hands. Like it's not, it's not in the hands of the doctors. It's not in the hands of the medication. It's not in the hands of the psychiatrist. No, I'm going to make sure that I know my recovery is in the hands of God. Like that's, I'm going to put my faith that my recovery is there. And it's a declaration that, that my recovery isn't in my own strength. My hope isn't in a physician, thankful for physicians. I'm not, I'm not just relying on medication, but God, my recovery, my faith is that you're the God that's going to be able to help me recover. And I'm so thankful for the skill of doctors and nurses and psychiatrists and all of that. But come on, can we just agree? All of our hope needs to be in Jesus. Like all of my hope is in Jesus. And here's my prayer. I don't know. Can I trust the church? Here's my prayer is that you can trust Coast Life Church to faithfully pray with you and believe and that together we're not going to put it in anybody else's hands. We're going to say we're going to take this issue. We're going to take this sickness. We're going to take whatever it is that you're walking through and we're going to put it in the hands of God and we're just going to believe with you that our God is able, that our God is willing, that he is going to raise you up. That's, that's, that's how you can trust the church to, to just do what Jesus asked us to do, because there's three ways the church responds to sickness. Number one is we put a practice to our faith. So that we just have a faith. The Bible gives us a practice. And James speaks specifically about the issue of sickness. And, and he tells us that there will be people who because we're in a fallen world, we, we're in human condition, there will be people in the family of God who get sick. And, and there are people, really religious people, who t would tell you that you, sh who have a wrong theology that you should never get sick. And if you got sick, something happened. It's just wrong theology. You already have sickness. We don't need to put shame on you as well. 
It's, it's just the reality of life. And there, there are instances of people in the Bible who were sick and did not receive miraculous healing. One of them, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 20, uh, Paul said, Erastus remained in Corinth, and I left Trophimus, who was ill, in Miletus. And so Trophimus was uh, one of Paul's traveling companions. He, he fell ill. He didn't receive a miracle. Paul left him so that he could be a part of a recovering journey. So he had to stay behind. So sickness is just a reality in our fallen world. It's a reality, but a love that God doesn't leave us without hope in a very real world. In a, in a broken world, we have hope of healing that's in Jesus. And James said, I want you to take oil and I want you to anoint people with oil. And, and the question is, what's, what's the deal with the oil? And having somebody lay hands on me. Like, I don't, like, don't touch my hair. I don't know what it is, but it's just like, don't touch the hair. The kids were little. There were a few rules. I love being your dad. Don't touch my hair. I don't know what it is. Just don't do that. James makes it clear. He's like, no, somebody's going to, we're not going to touch your hair. You, you, you worked hard on that. But we'll, we're going to anoint you with oil and pray. And he makes it clear that it isn't the oil that heals you, it's the prayer of faith that heals you. There's no miracle properties in the oil. We didn't get it from Jerusalem. We're not selling it. There's nothing, nothing along those lines. But here's what James's point is. Faith without a practice isn't really a faith. And the oil, like you coming forward and somebody praying for you and the church being there with oil and leaders who are ready and they've been praying all week, praying for God to use them to minister to you, that, 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 that oil is an expression of our faith because it's, it's, it's not really faith until you put a practice behind it because generosity isn't really generosity until you write a check. We can say we're generous people. We can say we believe in generosity, but you're generous when you give to something and you, you practice generosity. I can say I believe in, in God's salvation and forgiveness, but I, I don't really believe in it until I repent. I do something on my end to receive what God is doing. I can say I believe in restoration. Oh, God can restore relationships. Well, I don't really believe that till I forgive somebody who hurt me and they're trying to restore the relationship. And it's the practice of anointing with oil and laying hands on someone that gives us a practice that says we don't just believe believe God is a healer. It's just not a mental assent that we believe God is a healer. No, we're going to actually exercise our faith and we're not just going to have a mental acceptance or some belief that's written somewhere that we have this idea that God is a healer. No, we're going to have a spirit inspired practice that says whenever something happens, we're going to put some practice to our faith. We're going to write the check. We're going to take the step. We're going to do the thing that God is asking us to do. And it may not make sense in the moment. Your physical body may not feel it, and it's not by doing it by what we see with our natural eyes. It's just putting a practice to our faith. We're not just going to talk about having faith. We're actually going to practice out what it is that we do, that we believe that our God is a healer, and I may not see it with my
my natural eyes and there may not be anything about my my normal circumstances, but I'm going to step out into the unknown. I'm going to step out into a realm of faith and like Abraham, I'm just going to be fully persuaded that what God promised to do, he is able to do, that he's going to do what he promised that he would do. And the oil was just used to designate. Whenever, whenever the church anoints somebody with oil, it is designating them. Sometimes we'll, we'll bring leaders, leaders that we feel like God has separated for a particular ministry, a leadership position. We'll put oil on them. What is that? We're designating them. Hey, this is the person God has called out. We're signifying that this is the person that has been called out. And whenever you anoint somebody with oil, it's, it's a designation that this is the one. And when we anoint with somebody with oil, it's a practice of our faith. We don't don't just preach about faith. We don't just talk about faith. We don't just sing songs about faith. We don't just sing songs off a lyric and then have no practice for it. No, we come to a place where we get together and we practice what we preach and we designate somebody and say, God, the one that the oil got put on, that's the one we're praying for. That's the one that needs the supernatural touch. It identifies who we're believing needs supernatural care in their life. The second thing is we remain faithful to our practice. We gotta, we gotta have a practice. If we, if we don't do anything with it, it's not really faith. Faith without works is dead, James said. There's gotta there's got be a practice to your faith, and then once you practice your faith, then you gotta be faithful to your practice. And I wanna encourage you in, in your faithfulness, not, not to give up on, on the practice of praying for those that are sick or are believing God for your miracle when, when maybe you're not seeing the miracle. And there, there are so many variety of circumstances around sickness. We, we've talked all through this collection about, about physical healing, about mental healing for mental health issues, about, about spiritual things that God wants to heal and restore. And there, there's, so, there's so many variety of sicknesses and, and, and things that I, I think people get confused in, in our lives because there are, there are moments where there, there's just natural remedies. And, and listen, that's, that's great. If there's a natural remedy to your circumstances, then, then, then by all means, use whatever remedies are available to you to receive what it is that you need. Paul wrote to Timothy at one point. Timothy uh, was having IBS or something. He was having uh, stomach issues. And, and Paul said, take a little wine for the stomach's sake. What, whatever it was, there was some natural thing that Paul was just recommending that he did to help him with whatever situation that he was going through. Like whatever the remedy is, you, you, you do it. I had a friend one time, he was from a, a big uh, healing background, believing for healing, and, and he had terrible allergies. And I, I mean, every time I was around him, it was just awful, eyes watering, just everything going crazy. And he was having this like faith crisis because he was believing God for a healing, which is great. Believe God for a healing. But he was so sick that he was getting in this place where he, he, he was like starting to question God. And I, I just my, my pragmatic mind, I was like, hey, God's already healed you. And he was like, he did? And I'm like, yeah, he gave us Claritin. Go, go spend $10 and receive your healing in Jesus' name. And I, I understand, like, the great, pray for something, but if there's a natural remedy, then use whatever God's made available to us. And I understand sometimes, I feel the frustration, like, like sometimes people 
are putting their faith and, and they're not seeing the results of what we want our faith to produce. And I, I promise you, all, all of us, every person in this room, every person watching online, we've prayed for something, believing for an outcome, and we didn't receive the outcome that we were believing for. Let's, let's be honest about that. Like we, we, we've struggled over the, the mystery of God. We've struggled over the things of praying for something, believing for something. And when we're believing for a specific outcome and we don't see the outcome, sometimes it feels like either we've failed God, like God, we failed you, or sometimes it's like, hey, God, you failed me. We, we get into that place of, of I, I, maybe I've failed God or may, maybe God is failing me. And, and it's kind of funny when it's allergies, but it's different when, they're walk, when you're walking through something much heavier. And, and there are people in our church walking through serious situations and we pray for healing because we pray for healing to express God's love and our care for people like why are we going to pray for your healing because we want to we want you to know that God loves you and we're going to pray for your healing because we want you to know we love you and that we're standing with you in the circumstance but what I want you to understand is that God's love is not determined by the outcome of the prayer whether or not God loves you is not based on your broken body. It's based on his broken body. That he's already expressed his love on a cross 2,000 years ago. God's already demonstrated that he loves you by allowing his body to be broken so that we could have eternal life in Jesus Christ. So when we're praying for something, we're not trying to receive the love of God. We're praying because we already know God loves us, that God is for us that I already know that I'm loved by God. Like that's the confidence that we come with, that whether or not I get the outcome doesn't determine whether or not I believe God cares for me and that he loves me. So we don't base God's love for us on an outcome. We remain faithful to a practice of our faith because our faith isn't built on outcomes. So our practice isn't determined by our circumstances. We will never be perfect in this world, but we are gonna keep praying and believing for what God wants wants to do in our lives regardless of how, our, our practice isn't based on how many people get healed our practice is based on being faithful to believe that God loves us God cares for us that he's involved in the circumstances of our life that he's going to walk through every season with us and we pray not to receive the love of God we pray because we are loved by God we pray for people we remain faithful because I don't know, this may shock you, but I'm, I'm not a perfect person. I know, that's, that's heavy to hear, but <laughs> took you, caught you off guard. I'm sorry. But we are not perfect people. We're, we're not. And when Jesus prayed for people, people got healed. Like you read it in the Bible. Jesus prayed for them. People got healed. But Jesus was also perfect. <laughs> Jesus never sinned. I can't, I can't say that. I can't say that I've never sinned. Only Jesus can say that. Jesus never said a word that didn't align with the Father's heart. I can't say that. <laughs> Jesus never made a wrong choice. Everything that he did was aligned with the Father's will and had wisdom. I cannot say that. Can't say that I've never made a bad choice. But listen, I, I, I may never be sinless, but should I, 
But should I stop trying to be sinless? I may never be sinless, but, but does that mean I start excusing all kinds of stuff in my life and I, I stop trying to live in a way that's pleasing to God? My, my, my words, I may still say words that are, that are foolish or, or weren't chosen well that don't reflect the heart of God, but does that mean that I should now stop worrying about the words that I use and I should not care about my language? I, I, may, never, I may never perfectly make every choice, but does that mean I should stop trying to do the will of God? Is that what we're saying? Listen, as a church, we may, we may never meet every need that we would like to meet, but you know what? We're going to just meet the need. We're going to keep trying to meet needs. Like that's what we do. And we may, we may never see every person healed, but we don't give up on praying for those that need a healing in their life. What do we do? We keep seeking the kingdom of God. We keep asking. We keep seeking. We keep knocking at the door. Just because we're not perfect doesn't mean we quit. We just keep doing what God has asked us to do in spite of the outcomes. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that Jesus didn't quit in Nazareth because Jesus went to Nazareth and the Bible says that the atmosphere, whatever it was, Jesus could do no miracles there, but I'm so thankful that Jesus didn't stop in Nazareth, but he went on from Nazareth and other people received their healing, other people received their deliverance, other people got what they needed, and I just want to encourage somebody in this room, don't quit in Nazareth. Don't quit when you aren't seeing the outcomes that you want, when you you're not seeing the things that you want to don't quit just keep being faithful to the practice because if you have faith you have victory first john 5 4 for everyone who has been born of god overcomes the world how do i overcome the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world it's our faith it's not oh it's not outcomes that overcome the world it's the outcomes of the world did not overwhelm my faith that i was faithful to god and i just want to encourage you let's live in faith let's endure in faith let's have confidence in faith and that someday i'll be raised in victory because i live in faith and nothing in this world could take away my trust and my faith and my declaration that God is good and that God is great. God is for me and not against me. That he's good in my life. Come on. I don't know what you're going through, but if you got your faith, you've already got your victory. Because that's the, that's the victory that overcomes the world. Here's the third thing the church does is we faithfully practice the presence of God. We build a practice around what we believe. So we pray for people. And then we pray for people and because we're, we're not perfect, we don't always see the outcomes, we don't always know the will of God, the, the grander plan of God, we certainly don't. So we don't know, so we just, we're just faithful to do what God asked us to do and that's just keep all of our faith in him. Is this helping anybody? Is this making sense? And then we just practice the presence, the presence of God. It's the oil placed on, on the forehead that you see in Scripture. It, it, it causes people confusion, like it's an ancient practice that we're going to put some oil on, on your head. And there's all kinds of debates, like people think that 
because they would use oil for medicinal reasons that maybe, you know, the Bible was telling people to use oil as a practical medicine, uh, like somehow the, the, the oil would heal them. But uh, if that were the case, you could just put the oil on yourself or have a friend. Like, obviously, there's something spiritual to it. Like, let, let's, have the, uh, let's have the elders anoint you with oil. But people believe maybe, maybe the oil had some healing property to it. Like, God was the original essential oil person. <laughs> I almost named this sermon Essential Oil. And I just, that, maybe that shouldn't do that. I don't know. It didn't seem right. But the truth is there was nothing special about the oil. The oil wasn't healing anybody because James said it's a spiritual practice. I want you to to think in the context of church. I want you to have a leader. Put it on your head. Because number one, the oil I've already established marks us for care. Hey, been marked by God. That we've got a point of faith that we're believing for this person. And I hope if you'll allow us to pray for you, if you'll allow the church to serve you, I hope you'll know that you've been marked by God. Amen. To be a recipient of his love is grace. So the oil marks us for care. But the second thing is the oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know we need the tangible presence of God in our lives? Like the tangible presence. Talking about... Like I can feel the Holy Spirit moving in the room. I can feel the Holy Spirit moving over my physical body. There there is a tangible presence of God. Not just an idea that God is everywhere at all times and he's out there. No, 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 no. A presence like, hey, God's in this place. God's in this room. And the oil being placed on the forehead reminds us in a practical way that there is a tangible presence of God for our lives. That when, when the oil is placed on your head, it's physically, tangibly placed on your forehead, but it's supposed to remind you that what you're ha- what's happening in the physical, that there's actually a sp- supernatural, spiritual touch for your life, and that as we touch you with the oil, we're praying not the oil will touch you, we're praying the oil of the Holy Spirit will begin to minister to your body, that, that you'll feel the presence of God, that, that, that there'll be a tangible presence of the almighty living God that would visit your life. And if I could pray for you, one thing, is that you would have the opportunity to over and over and over and over again experience the tangible manifest presence of a powerful and a good God who is just not an idea and isn't just an other out there in the universe. No, his presence and his power is available in in this room. Like you can feel the presence and power of God, that there is a tangible presence of God. And the psalmist said it this way, Psalms 139 verses 7 through 12. He said, where, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where, where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day for darkness is as a light 
with you. Can I just encourage you that there is no circumstance that the Spirit of God cannot reach you. That there is not a place that the presence, the almighty presence of God cannot find you in that place. In your weakest moment, God's presence can touch you and find you and give you strength. In your loneliest place, God's presence can still find you exactly. The presence of God knows your address. It knows your name. It knows where you're at. In your darkest hour, God's presence knows exactly where you are. It knows your address. And there is supernatural strength. There is supernatural joy. There is supernatural healing. There is supernatural hope that is drawing you to a place to get closer to God, to remind you that your circumstances does not negate the power and presence of God in your life, that God can touch you, that he's with you, that he's for you, that he's not against you. And I pray that we're a church that practices the presence of God. That practices His presence. Come on, would you just stand with me all over this room online? I want to I pray for you. I want to pray that, that God's presence would, would visit you. You might be walking through a season of, of depression. You might be walking through a season of Anxiety. You might be walking through a season even now in your physical body. And I pray that we'll be a church that just practices the presence. That, that wherever you are, you might be in a place of weakness. You might be in a place of vulnerability. You might be in a place where you're feeling hopeless. Where you're feeling lost. And I just want to let you know that there is no place and no condition on earth that the presence of God cannot find you. That he knows your address. He knows your name. He knows your heart's desire. He knows the cry of your heart right now. He hears every cry of despair. He hears every whisper of hope. He hears and that he's a faithful God. And wherever he's got to find you, he will find you. My prayer for you is in this moment, whatever it is that you're walking through, that you will feel, not just an idea, you'll feel the presence of God touching you. And I want to pray for you. Come on, would you just posture yourself to receive right now? Jesus, I pray, I pray. I can't, I can't lay a physical hand on every person in this room and every person online. But God, I, I ask as we stand in this moment, they don't need my hand to touch them. They need your hand to touch them. And I pray that the power of God, the right hand, the, the authority of God, that all of your presence, thank you, Jesus. I pray that you would touch them. I pray that they would feel your presence from the top of their head to the soles of their feet I pray the power of a living Savior would, would touch their hearts and their minds right now in Jesus name in Jesus name I pray Father that if there's a mental health issue that has knocked them to the ground 
then we stand in this place and we pray, God, you are raising them up right now in Jesus' name. You are raising them up right now in Jesus' name. If there's a physical sickness, it's overcoming them with fear, it's overcoming them with worry and dread, may even be physically removing strength and energy. And and there may be even people watching me online who are unable to leave their home. Here's what we pray. We don't just pray. We pray a prayer of faith and we believe for God to raise you up in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I pray the power and presence of a resurrected Savior will touch you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. And we believe for our God to recover. And Father, I pray that our church serves people. I pray we love people. And I pray, God, that we understand that there is no circumstance that you will not be involved in. And Father, I pray that you see people who are not overcome by the outcomes of life, but we are overcoming through our faith, our victory in you. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, would you give Jesus some praise in the room? Now, I want to I lead us in a prayer. You know, the Bible says that, that no one can come to the Father unless the Spirit draws. Like the presence of God is active in leading us into a relationship with Jesus. And I, I believe with all of my heart, come on, I believe the presence of God is in this place. And I want to give you an opportunity just to respond to the love of God. You know, generosity isn't generosity until you write a check. And there's just, there's just a practice that has to go with our faith. And so here's what I believe. I believe that Jesus is a savior. I believe there's more grace in this room than you'll ever need in your life. I believe there's more grace than any sin. I don't know how much sin you have, but I tell you, grace is greater than all your sin. I believe there's a future that's so much greater than your past. But it's not just believing it. It's putting a practice of receiving it. And we, we do that in a practical way. I'm just going to lead you through something practical, but by your faith. It's not, it's not the form that does it. Come on, it's your faith that has the power to change everything about your life. But I'm going to lead you through the practice. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand online. I'm going to ask you to type Jesus in all caps because I believe that this is a day of new beginnings for somebody. I believe this is a day of making a brand new start with Jesus. I believe this is somebody's day to begin a relationship with Jesus for the very first time. Watch this. Not a mental ascent, a decision and a practice that today I'm following Jesus. I believe this is somebody's day. You're far from God. I believe this is your day to realize you may be far from God, but God is not far from you. His presence has never left you, that he's with you, that he's for you, that he's drawing you. And so I'm going to lead us in a practice, and I'm going to ask the whole church. The whole church is going to pray this prayer with me. And I want you to pray it from your heart. If you, if you need to begin a relationship with Jesus or recommit your life, come on, you pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I receive you now. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my past. Wash away my sin. Make me a new person. Today I receive you as my leader and my Lord. And I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, one more time. Give Jesus some praise. You ready? Come on, anybody ready to put some feet to faith right now?
Anybody ready to just make a declaration? Like we're going to make this a practice. I, I love to do this. I love to count to three. So you have a moment of courage, a moment of confidence of saying what God is doing in my heart. I feel the Holy Spirit draw me into a relationship with Jesus, draw me back into a restored relationship with Jesus. This is for you online. This is for you in the room. When I get to three, I want you to put it into practice. I just simply want you to take your first act of obedience and surrender and lift your hands in the air. Anybody believing that this is somebody's moment, somebody's day? Online, when I get to three, type Jesus. Come on, give them some encouragement, Coast Life. I'm believing this is your day. On the count of three, one, two. Come on, you ready? This is your moment. Three, shoot it up right now. Shoot it up. I see those hands. I see those hands. We see you online. Come on, tell them welcome to the family of God. Hey, thank you for joining us, and a special thank you to those of you who give so faithfully and generously to this church. It's because of people like you that podcasts like this are possible, and you can click the link in the description to give now, or you can visit mycoastlifechurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love it if you subscribed, share it with your friends. So thank you for listening, and God bless you.